There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The French are rioting taking to the streets, blocking airports and train stations, marching, occupying space. They're making their voices heard. Why? Because their government are proposing changes to the legal age of retirement. Across the English Channel, living standards continue to fall. Prices for essentials like heating and water are yet again going up. Many of us face rent increases and wage freezes. Child poverty is also on the rise. And continued food shortages mean we've got used to seeing empty shelves in supermarkets. And what are we doing in the UK? Well, we seem to be waiting patiently for the next general election. Welcome to the psyche of those on the outside. My name is Scotty. Debbie, Tim and Maya are the ATT crew. You lot are the punters. This is your local, a global community of misfits, weirdos and pretenders. This week on After the Tone, we've got self-care, shitty beds and bathroom carpets. Now, before we get going, a massive thank you to Pauline this week, who sent me quite the knitted garment. If you want to see what I look like circa 1992 as an Alanis Morissette tribute act, then head over to our Instagram. I kid you not, it will be worth your time. Now, there is a little note here from the ATT crew, uh, because we've received quite a few calls over the last few weeks from people who are going through the crazies. And the team, with masses of love and care, just wanted me to let you know that those messages are listened to, and our thoughts are always with you. And we sometimes don't have the space to sort of unpack those calls properly. And we're always trying to find that balance, you see, between like the good, the bad, and no doubt the gravy. So just a little reminder that we're not in a position to offer you the care, support or space that you deserve or need. And we know that this space can feel therapeutic, but it isn't therapy. You are invited to join in, but we can't always guarantee that you'll be given the mic. And we really hope that you understand why. 
An anonymous tip-off here. You might remember that horrendous story. Oh my God, just think about it. It makes me fucking like gag. That horrendous story that we were subjected to a few weeks ago about the regurg... Even when I say it, I feel like I'm going to vom. The regurgitated crisp sandwich. (laughs) It's vile, isn't it? Anyway, someone slid into the DMs this week to confess to me that they do the same, but with mini cheddars. (laughs) And there's something about that. That feels even more vile to me. Honestly, you lot, you never let me down, do you? Just when you think it could get any more grim, you never fail to disgust me. So, if you have something of a similar nature to confess, something disgusting to get off your chest, that number is coming up shortly. Scotty, it's Joey. Do you remember when I called in like a few seasons ago to tell you about when I shat myself on my first pill? I think I managed to get through most of my adult life, <laughs> generally without shitting myself again. Anyway, a few weeks ago, I started to feel really, really, like, really ill. Anyway, I got into bed, blah, blah, blah. And then I was asleep and I woke up and I charted in my sleep, yeah. And I only woke up because there was like, a chocolate fountain that had like trickled down like down into my balls and stuff and like I sprang out of bed like shocked as fuck and I was like shit what the fuck's going on and there was shit all down my legs it was like mounted chocolate but more watery if you just like put put a dash of water in anyway it dripped all on the carpet so I had to like run to the bathroom I tried to like clear myself up and I was like, no, this is no, this is a shower job. So I had a shower, stripped the bed. I was like, fuck, this is a mess. Put it all in the, in the bed, in the washing machine. And it was like the middle of the night. So I was like, I can't change the bed. Like, I'm so tired. Like, I feel so shit. So when I went to the spare room, got into the spare bed, went to sleep. Two hours later, boom. <laughs> Shut myself again in my sleep. A mess all over the floorboards. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, ran to the bathroom, just shit dripping everywhere. And then ran out of places to go to sleep, showered myself down, stripped the bed. Luckily, by this point, the washing machine had like run the cycle on the first load of shitty bed sheets. Went downstairs lay on the sofa and just stayed awake all night because clearly couldn't trust myself to go to sleep without sharting something else. And the last thing I wanted to do was shit the fucking sofa. So then just had to, like, lie awake <laughs> until boots open. And then I went and get some emoji. Very sad night. It's very sick. Anyway, bye. By this point, I've got to wonder why people tell me this stuff about their lives. <laughs> Joey, I think you need to go see a doctor, let alone fucking call up a fucking podcast with a fat old Nelly disgusted at the other end of it. I can't stop thinking about... God, it's so vile, isn't it? I just can't stop thinking about the fact. And this tells you my age. (laughs) How did you get the shit out of the bedding twice over? And also... Shit in a floorboard, that's going to stay, isn't it? That is going to seep in. That is going to be an unhelpful reminder 
forever of you shitting the bed. To be fair, Joey, you didn't quite sound your full self. You sound very husky. You sound like wire wool. <laughs> I think you need to go to see a GP, dear. And it's such a vivid... Oh, God. There was something about you saying... <coughs> God, just warming myself up for it. The warm, watery sensation around your balls. And do you know what? Why is it when people like describe shitting themselves? Because for some strange reason, I get a lot of fucking people telling me about the last time they shut themselves. Why is it people always describe it by using, like, analogies which are actually quite delicious? It's very confusing to the brain when people are like, it was like chocolate. And I'm like, I don't want to have a visual of hot, warm chocolate around your balls. Well, maybe. <laughs> which is actually shit. Could you imagine the smell? Imagine waking up next to this one. A chocolate fountain. Oh, honestly, vile. Joey, I think it might top the regurgitated crisps. Just a very brilliant audio description. But really, please do, if any of this happens, please call up 111 or the NHS or, you know, if you live in America, God. First time engaging with After the Tone. Um, But... Self-care. Now, this is a topic I know a lot about because I have been doing what they call work on oneself for some time. It's something that people bandy about a lot and they talk about, oh, you've just got to, you know, show some self-care. You need to care for yourself. And people talk about it like it's a really easy thing. And so you can, if you're not self-caring and not putting into practice all the self-care things, whether that's doing yoga, eating lentils and all this type of thing, if you're not doing that, then there's a certain guilt that goes with it. No one talks about how difficult self-care is, i.e. self-care will involve they always say, rigorous exercise. So nobody likes that. Only unnatural humans like rigorous exercise. But that's not just it. Oh, you need to not do self-harming things like drinking or doing drugs. So self-care also involves giving up the crutches that help you get through life. And so suddenly your self-care is going to the gym, not having a glass of wine, not having a line of coke or a joint. These things are really difficult. Self-care is a massive effort, is really boring and requires sacrifices. Now I understand the psychology that these things actually work and there's science that backs them all up. And I agree, but they're really hard. But I am still trying to, at the wily old age of 52, oop, no, 53, (laughs) it's so easy to damage yourself. It's so easy easy to be self-destructive it comes naturally self-care is like climbing a mountain made of broken glass full of tarantulas but i'm still trying and everyone who's listening to this and even you scotty should practice self-care but we need to acknowledge that it's an absolute fucking ball ache And that's all I have to say on this Sunday morning. I love you a lot, Scotty, and I hope to speak to you soon. Bye, girl.
Well, hello, Dolly. It's lovely to have you in the room. And what a vivid imagination of self-care that you have. It got me thinking, right, this idea of self-care and self-harm. Because, well, it sort of depends on the time, right? Because, like, nowadays, self-care for me is, you know, taking my meds, having a walk, doing some lifting of some heavy things, doing me yoga, doing me talking, occupying my brain, you know, allowing myself to do the things that actually feel quite nourishing rather than bullying myself. We'll come back to exercise. I'll come back to exercise in a bit. But self-care, when I was in my early 20s, because of the stuff that I was holding and not being able to articulate myself was getting off of my nut. And yes, I totally agree that substance abuse can be really fucking difficult and it can lead to really fucking ugly moments. But no one wants to tell you that actually that was self-care. That was the self-care that was available to me because I wanted to escape. Now, I'm not advocating here. I'm not sat here being like, everyone get off your fucking nut. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying was, at that moment in that time, that is what I needed. And that was doing the... It wasn't really doing the job that I needed it to do, obviously. But it was all that I knew. It was all that I knew. And so I think we can have this like very demonising idea of like, oh, people take drugs because of the war on drugs. And, you know, obviously, massive caveat here, it can and has ruined people's lives for sure. But other side of it is some of the most revealing times in my life. Some of the most moments where I like sort of found myself. Again, I'm not sat here fucking advocating for drug use. I'm just saying when I was off my nut, it was the only bit of respite that I had at that moment. So I'm just putting that out there. Anyway, <laughs> love this idea that only <laughs> unnatural people exercise. You're right, it can feel like a fucking ball lake. I tried to practice this thing, which I think people on the internet called intuitive exercise. Now, all of that, like, PT, muscle, queen, malarkey lot, will absolutely go against all of this, and I don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> but I think you should only really move your body if you fancy moving your body. You know, and if you sit there and you punish yourself and you beat yourself up I think it only leads to more difficult relationships with your body and with exercise so I think you should like do a bit of the moving when you feel like it and that doesn't mean to say like it shouldn't feel arduous but it should feel like yeah I want to give this a go and I think Since doing that, you know, when I go to the gym and I do sort of heavy things, when I first started, I thought, right, well, I've got to write all down, I've got to have a trainer, I've got to do all that malarkey. And to a certain extent, it's helpful to learn the ropes, etc. But it can feel like a chore. Do you know what I mean? And um, we should be getting pleasure from these things. You know, just as much as having a little glass of wine can give us pleasure, you know, we should be getting pleasure from doing those things that feel nourishing to ourselves. And also, if you don't fucking like moving, you don't have to move. Do you know why? Because it's your own fucking body you can do whatever the fuck. Self-care, I think, has to be so specific. I think because of capitalism, it tries to make it general, doesn't it? It tries to go, this is how to do it. Buy these things and this thing. Sign up to this app. Have this thing in your bath, etc. When really, it's um, individualistic. It's like, well, what nourishes me? What makes me feel good? And for me, sometimes it's watching horrible histories on the iPlayer, you know, from about 10 years ago. Sometimes it's me going out foraging. Other times it's me lifting up heavy things and thinking I'm just as strong as the straight men that I hate. <laughs> so this has got the kinks going, isn't it? Yeah, come on, right. If any of this is ringing true to you, or if you want to disagree with me or her, you know what to do. 
Hi, Scotty. Um, I've been listening and working for a long time now and just thought I'd call in about something that came up last um, episode. Well, you were talking about um, carpet in the bathroom. So I'm not that old, but I grew up with full carpet in the bathroom, like just a normal carpet. It just sounded like you were saying you don't think it was normal for people to have that little bit um, around the toilet and next to the bathroom. I just disagree. Yeah, I think it's essential, especially in the winter. Otherwise, you get really cold feet. Um, just wondered if I was the weirdo or if you were the weirdo, really. Anyway, I really enjoy listening. Um, you keep me company a lot of the time. Um, yeah, bye. Hi, friend. Now, you know me, always welcoming in a stranger, particularly when they're wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't be having... Essentially, what we're saying here is you want to have a cushion some form of carpet around the place where you shit and piss. There will be piss particles, shit particles. It will be filthy garment. And that's why you need a white floor in a bathroom. Do you know what? No, we're not having this. No. And you know your bath mat? Well, if that's not cleaned once a week. Do you know, I am to bath mats what working class mums are to other people's neck curtains. I will cast dispersions to anyone who I think, oh, come on. Get that in the wash, actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, not for me. I don't know. I just come from a house where the natural smell of the house was bleach. <laughs> we didn't have much, but my mum cleaned everything at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> my mum used to hoover. I, mean, I love this. When, when my mum got carpet, bless her. My mum used to hoover so you could see the stripes of the hoover because it would make her feel like it was so clean. I mean, if there was... <laughs> There's an analogy in there about softness coming from poverty, bless my mum. Do you know what I mean? Or hoovering so that when you had the mat, <laughs> that the little bits of string were all straight. Bless. So, you know, I've got time for carpet talk, but I will not have a carpet in the bathroom. Thank you very much. And of course I'm not the weirdo. I'm the only fucking sane one round here. Hi, Scotty, producer Deb and all the ATT crew. Um, this is the mini egg instant person from the Manchester live show. I just thought I should phone in with a update about how that went. And I basically took Harry's advice and sort of piled all the bedclothes and towels in a heap. And I seem to have got away with it. So um, thanks very much. That was really helpful. But yeah, um, the sort of reason why I'm actually calling is um, it is Mother's Day. And I just wanted to send a shout out to anyone else who kind of has complicated feelings or kind of sad feelings about the day I my mother died when I was 25 which is nearly 10 years ago now and it was kind of very out of the blue she basically just dropped dead one evening so yeah uh, you know this day has quite a complicated feelings for me but I also wanted to kind of do a shout out to my dad he and my mum were together for 42 years when she died devastating for him in a different way it's not the same as losing your mum but yeah I just wanted to kind of shout out and say kind of how proud I am of him really because he's moved out of London got a new place started kind of a new social circle quit drinking alcohol which I was really proud of him for as well when it happened me and my family like we all retreated into our own little very characteristic vices like he was drinking a lot. I basically ate my feelings and my brother was just chain smoking. So he's managed to stop doing that, which I'm really happy about and 
again, really proud of him for. I don't feel like I have to really worry about him as much now, which I know is really lucky. So, yeah, if anyone else can relate to feelings about mums and stuff, then hopefully we can share some solidarity in that. Maybe some other people could relate to this as well. When my mum died, one of the first things we did as a family was um, go to Maplin's and buy a Wi-Fi router <laughs> because she had some weird thing about how Wi-Fi was a massive security risk. I think she probably read it in some, like, good housekeeping magazine article or something and basically decided that it meant that we could only have, like, wired internet. So my poor brother, like, had a PlayStation in his bedroom and literally there was, like, a cable running up the door frames and down the stairs and all sorts. It was ridiculous. So, yeah, one of the ways we uh, we decided we'd... um at least benefit from her dying was um, getting Wi-Fi. So, um, yeah, I may have been sad, but at least I could watch porn in my bedroom. <laughs> oh, friend, thank you so much. You know, I'm always so grateful when people come here and they deliver something difficult from the past and how they, like, got beyond it or past it or devices for dealing with it or continuing to deal with it. So thank you so much for that. I'm glad the mini egg scenario sorted itself out. For our international listeners, if you don't know what a mini egg is, it's a mini egg. <laughs> it's made out of chocolate. They're very lovely. Actually, they're very Moorish. <laughs> Now, <laughs> the, the passing of your mum, meaning you could have Wi-Fi and have a wank in your room. <laughs> How fab. Although, very frightening. I don't know if anyone's ever had anyone who dies. Well, maybe this is really Catholic-specific, but maybe it's a broader thing. But if you've ever had somebody who's died in your family quite recently, and the first time you like go to have a go at yourself, you think, oh, what if they're watching? What if they're here? What if they're looking down at me? <laughs> It's like a form of control, isn't it? I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I should be doing this. <laughs> Anybody else? Anyway, um, thank you so much. Bless you. Yeah, that sense of like, I, I know like lots of corporations are doing like that. You can opt in for Mother's Day stuff. And I can imagine for some people that is useful, but I can imagine for other people it's fucking more admin. So what do you mean I have to fucking send like seven more emails to unsubscribe from this email for one day? Do you know what I mean? I guess naturally I do think about my nan and it's difficult because me and my mum talk about my nan because we've decided to take an active step back from that relationship for lots of different reasons and reasons that I guess my mum should advocate for and not me. But, well, I can in my own sense, you know, because uh, she's now got Alzheimer's so she can't remember what an awful person she was. And I find that really difficult. I do find that really tough to think that I now have to pretend that this person didn't make me homeless. I do find that really tough. So, but the guilt, oh, on Mother's Day, oh, it didn't hit ya. Oh, God, I just think, oh, God, what do you do with it? And I guess I just sit with it. I'm, You know, I'm very lucky. My mum is with me, bless her. And um, yes, I can imagine. It's difficult, isn't it? God, it's so Irish. You bury people. My mum was constantly telling me about what's going to happen when she dies. You know, she'd be like, I don't want you crying. I'm like, okay, we're not going to cry. Okay, fine, yeah. <laughs> you know, as if that's going to be a thing. So I can't really relate directly to the idea of um, losing a parent in that way. But yeah, with me nan, you know... <sighs> It's complicated. It's difficult. So the number's coming up a bit 
soon. If you want to jump in on this dead mum chat, the relationship with these days that we're supposed to be celebrating, how you navigate them, but also, you know, in passing what you did and and what you benefited from. I love that idea. (laughs) Love that idea. The number is coming up shortly. Thank you, friend. I really appreciate you jumping in. Still to come for your listening pleasure, we have uh, a honeymoon in Reykjavik, hijacked nuns, ooh, and a little ditty. Uh, hello to new Patreon friends Tom, Joan, Burfield, Brett, Jess, Toby, Ellie, Emma, Stuart, Claire, Chloe, Amy, the list goes on. Thank you so much. A uh, little ATT fact for you all. One in every 150 of you listening to this are Patreons. And we feel we could improve those numbers. And look, we know we do this message every week, this little reminder. But as we come towards the end of like yet another season, uh, we are counting the pennies to see if another season is possible with what's left in the jar. So if you want us back, patreon.com forward slash after the tone, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash after the tone. This week's Patreon call comes from Karis, who's on a very busy road in Salford thinking about their dad and shameless public farting. Uh, ATT Live at the Pleasance in London on Good Friday, that's the 7th of April 2023, is close to being sold out, you have been warned. Um, Speeding our way to the end of this season. So, final call for something fruity, some gossip, a confession, a blunder, a dilemma, or a question for the room. Open up that WhatsApp and send me, please, a little voice note to this number. 0788-200- I mean, politically at the moment, the world seems to be pulling in lots of different directions. There seems to be, where I am, 24 news hour coverage of riots and public interventions and rallies in Israel and Australia and the UK and the US and France and more. Are you in one of these places? What's happening? How do you feel about it? Get on the phone. I'd love to speak to you. As ever, at After the Tone POD for all the content that you could ever want and remember to hit that subscribe button if your platform allows it also why not leave us a little review like Ms. fiona did saying i laughed so much i did a bit of sick charming hola scotty hola después del tono hi everyone after the toad it's tito here how are you i'm here on my last day of my honeymoon in fact my five year delayed honeymoon due to lack of funds and obviously a pandemic this is our last day here in Reykjavik and it's been absolutely gorgeous so I thought I'd just um, record Reykjavik going by I'm on the balcony at the hotel facing the waterfront it's a bit of wind, it's minus three degrees and the day is gorgeous Oh, hello, Teacher. What a lovely call. All the way from Reykjavik. Well, no wonder why you didn't have the fucking funds for it. Apparently, it's really fucking expensive. Apparently, to get a little glass of vodka there was about a tenner. Could you imagine? A tenner? No, not for me. Thanks very much. Listen, I hope you had a lovely time. I hope you created some gorgeous memories. Um, Honeymoons, yeah. Particularly, I guess, people who got married around that thing that happened three years ago. Doesn't that feel wild to think three years have passed? And that's not me saying it's finished and it's over, because, you know, for many people, it's still a very real threat. But in terms of, you know, I'm talking about lockdowns here, not the virus. It feels like a weird fever dream part of our collective consciousness. Um, 
Um, but I'm glad you got out there. Listen, I'd love to know what it's like. I don't know if we've got any listeners in the Iceland, but I would love to know what it's like because it's probably one of those places that I'm never going to get to because it just does sound so expensive. I've got a couple of friends who went and they created a book from it. So I sort of feel like I've been through osmosis. Oh, yes, I know. I know the type of homosexual artist people that go on holiday and create books that we can all look at at dinner parties. That's just who I am, girls. Hello. This is, I will call myself Pinky and the Brain. And these are my thoughts on religion as the daughter of two Irish people who grew up in London. I would say that the Irish Catholic Church became a form of community. And lots of people think that's a bad thing. But for me, one of my aunts was a nun. So for me, that meant that I basically had lots and lots of grannies who had crazy names and I gave them lots of nicknames like Sister Mary Luke was Nana Louie and all the different nuns had different jobs. So Sister Carmelita was my favourite nun and she worked in the kitchen and there was Sister Antoninus. She was one of the old school nuns that wore the old school habit But also, when I was six, we had a little sister that was very sick and she died when she was six months old. So our parish priest became very friendly with us. And I guess what I'm trying to say in not very coherent way is that my feeling about religion is that people in religious orders, for me, have always just been people. They just happen to be priests or nuns and I think now having moved back to Ireland with my big London accent lots of Irish people have teachers that were nuns or priests and they had terrible experiences that wasn't my experience and I mean I don't particularly go to church or anything but I was brought up feeling like there was somebody somewhere that would always look after me and make sure that I was all right. So, yeah, I'll probably ring again and tell you some more crazy stories about nuns and my aunt, who was a nun, her funeral. If you've never been to a nun's funeral, at a nun's funeral, they all stand around the grave and sing in Latin. And they, as they sing the song in Latin, they gradually move closer to the grave, which was beautiful, actually. It was quite moving until one of the old nuns sort of stumbled and nearly fell into the grave. I just thought of another crazy religious story. My aunt, who was called Sister Killian, her and her friend, who was also a nun, Sister Olivia, they were being sent to Rome and they were on an aeroplane that got hijacked by terrorists in like the 80s or 90s. Cliffhanger! Absolute fucking cliffhanger. You can't come in here and be like, oh, yeah, I've got this little story. Oh, sorry, I'm going to end it there. (gasps) I want part two. Where's part two? (laughs) Sister Killian. Oh, I feel a film franchise coming on here about we, Sister Killian. Now, friend, I'm glad you've come into the room, Pinky, to give us the balance. Because, of course, you know me, I'm always giving out about the Irish Catholic Church. But you are right. Particularly for my grandparents and uh, our family, it was a sense of 
community, I guess, because there was such big anti-Irish sentiment in England growing up. And particularly, you know, like in the 80s and the 90s, of course, there was a lot of anti-Irish sentiment. And so I think Irish pubs and Irish churches became Irish centres. And my mum often talks quite fondly about, you know, like, the pub was where letters from back home were read to men who couldn't read or write. You know, it's where you got the news from back home. Or, you know, I often remember reading, like, tatty secondhand Irish newspapers that Uncle Charlie had brought down from the archway, that's in North London. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'd have to read them out and, like, tell my family what was going on back home in their community. And so, yeah, church was like that as well, you know. Unfortunately, it's just because of doctrine, because of, you know, this sense of like telling me as a child, as a five-year-old, that I was responsible for the death and torture of a man and anything that I've ever done in my life is responsible for that. It's really difficult as a child and a young person to separate this idea of like, parable, but particularly within Catholicism, where everything is holy and real and happened. Everything is massively symbolic, you know, smells and bells. And when the red light goes off, the Holy Spirit's in the room, you know, it's such a like, definite thing that um, as a kid, I just took on this guilt and shame, so much so that those words are tattooed on my body. And so, yes, I think we can look at faith through the eyes of community making and building. And I think my moral compass has definitely been steered by things that I learned in that community. But I wouldn't say it was learned in mass. My learning was learned like in the cup of tea in the hall afterwards or doing the car boot fundraiser you know, for some sick kid or, you know, like there'd be some way that people would come together. The church was the house for that. Taking mass wasn't the thing that taught me, here's how to be a good person. You know, if anything, I was taught shame. So I'm I'm really grateful that you're coming in here and you're giving us like a different side to this. And, and you know, like you acknowledge, like lots of people have had abusive relationships with the church and that's just like a whole nother thing here and and I really welcome people coming in and talking about their faith as well I know I can be quite catholic centric but you know you speak as you find and you find as you know and that is what I know and um I I, I really love the fact that you were gathered around by these sisters because sisters were always like the softer side of the church right they were always like doing the flowers making the tea they were always the ones that were teaching you in the school they were always the chaplains you know there was always a role of care for those sisters and brothers and priests and bishops there was you know of course the patriarchy is in full flow in the catholic church um and in the orthodox church where you know the head of the church is called the patriarchy <laughs> or the patriarch so yeah. It's complex, like most of society, but there's something about faith which polarises it, makes it bigger, makes it wider. So, have you got experiences of other faiths? And also, I need the second half of this story. I am clinging on. I really hope we get to find out more. Hi, Scotty love. It's that JRF here. Hello, love. How are you? Hiya, Tim Catton Meyer, And hello, lovely producer Deb. 
Uh, I'm sorry, that was not necessary. Um, Scotty came to me house this week. She did, and that NHS one, my little dog Tammy Faye. Oh, she was heartbroken when the NHS one left. She sat on his spot on the sofa weeping. Oh, bless. She had her head in his crotch all the entire visit. Any road, as the clocks have gone forward, I thought. You know, it's now officially spring and it's Sunday. So I thought I'd sing a little song. I know. You know me, I hate to sing. But if you force me, if you twist me arm, I'll have a go. All right. Here goes. Spring is here. Yes, spring is here. Life is Skittles and life is beer. I think the loveliest time of the year is the spring. I do, don't you? Of course you do. But there's one thing that makes spring complete for me. That makes every Sunday a treat for me. All the world seems in tune on a spring afternoon when we're poisoning pigeons in the park when they see us coming the birdies all try and hide but they still go for peanuts when coated with cyanide the sun shining bright everything seems all right when we're poisoning pigeons in the park daddy we've gained notoriety and caused much anxiety in the autobahn society with our games they call it impriety and lack of propriety and quite a variety of unpleasant pleasant names but it's not against any religion maybe buddhism to want to dispose of a pigeon but that's more kind of like a spiritual guide than a religion anyway so if sunday you're free why don't you come with me and we'll poison pigeons in the park and that's it. What a gorgeous little way to end. Remember, the DMs are open on our socials. If there's something you can't put your voice to, the phone lines are open 24 hours a day. So if there's something that comes to you in the dead of night, we are always listening. ATT Live is coming up too. So we need short, sharp, witty questions. You know, anything that we can put to a live audience. Make them juicy. Come on, give it a go. The number to voice note is in the description. Right, that's enough from me, enough from them, and enough from you. We'll see you next time. See you later, babes. After the Tone is produced by Debbie Kilbride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis. ATT is a Debbie production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.